to episode 79 of the movie brats podcast i am carter and joining me as always is jonathan how are you doing jonathan i'm fine and we're going to be talking about the 95th academy awards which by the time this episode comes out will probably be airing in like seven minutes but hopefully, (laughs) maybe maybe a few hours hopefully but we're doing it the day of and we're going to give you a brief preview and prediction sort of of how uh how, who we would like to win among the nominees, but also who, who we think probably will win among the nominees. And some of them are seeming like more sure things than some other categories. Um, However, you- usually this by this close to the Academy Award ceremony, like a lot of the main categories are kind of like two or th- even three-way ties, which is kind of unusual. You know, by this point, usually there's kind of like a clear front runner. Well, we can start with uh, with Best Picture, where I think um, a lot of times we'll see a movie really run away with the sort of pre-Oscars awards, and then maybe in the last minute something different will win. We saw that with Moonlight and La La Land, where La La Land won like the Golden Globe and the SAG for Best Cast and stuff like that, but ultimately didn't win Best Picture. Um, and the nominees for this are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishirin. Elvis, everything, everywhere, all at once, which is the heavy favorite and has won, I think, more awards than any other movie of all time was the stat that came out this week. Um, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. I have seen eight of the ten nominees, and I think the completest that you are, you saw uh, your tenth uh, of the nominees yesterday. Um, so who do you think is going to win and who do you think will win or who would you like to win among the nominees? It seems it would be very unlikely that anything but everything wins. Everything everywhere. We'll just say that from now on instead of saying the whole title. That is the <laughs> best picture. It's probably going to win uh, more awards than any. Uh, on I think that's fair to say. Um, and uh, I think that the only ones that really have a shot of winning are all quiet and Top Gun Maverick. I could see because of the ranking, it's the only category where they do ranking that I think a lot of people are going to have Top Gun Maverick in their top five. And even if not a lot of people, an overwhelming number vote at number one, I think it's a film that, you know, most people really, really like it, at least. Probably the least divisive of all the movies. Yeah, there's so many people that love everything everywhere, but then there's other people that really don't like it. I'm one of them, uh, but uh, I think that it's going to be, a, I think that the, there's so much support for everything everywhere that it, yeah, it seems like it's a, it's a, I won't say it's a lock, but it's very heavily favored. It's won like every other award up to this point almost. Um. So did you say which one you would like to win? I think Banshee's been sure and probably right. <laughs> it's my favorite film of all, of all the, of all the almost 100 films I saw from last year, regardless of whether it got nominations, so definitely Banshees. So at least your your favorite movie of the year was nominated for Best Picture, which I feel like is not often the case for you. Yeah, nominated in pretty much all the major categories and four acting nominations. And uh, the thing I worry about, though, is that it could 
go home with zero wins though that's uh-huh. what i'm worried about but uh yeah banshees is certainly my number one but uh yeah what would you vote for i mean i would I like you, my favorite movie of the year, my number one movie is also nominated, but doesn't really have a chance of winning. And that's Tar, um, which I would definitely have as my best picture of the year. I think it's sort of the most, um, it does the best job of engaging with the current cultural moment in a way that I think some of the other movies are a little more backwards looking. I mean, we have a movie set in World War One, for God's sake, All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, and Elvis, you know, which is very much set in the 50s and 60s. And obviously it's possible for movies set in the past to say things about the present. I think some people would argue that for All Quiet on the Western Front is very topical and that it sort of addresses war with the the conflict between Ukraine and Russia going on. But um, for me, Tar is just a movie at the moment and and I think should be the winner. But like you, I, I can't really imagine a scenario where everything everywhere all at once does not win. Um let me defend films not being important winning best picture. I remember I always this always stuck with me. David Demby, the year that uh American Hustle, it was American Hustle, wasn't that the year of 12 Years a Slave? I'm pretty sure. Um yeah, it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. Peter Leonga won instead of Jennifer Lawrence. But he said that American Hustle is not really an important film. It doesn't tackle some big social issue. It's just the best film of the year, he thought. And like a film should not you know, win best picture because it's the most important movie. Of the yeah. Year. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying that Banshees is not, or Tar aren't films. important. Yeah. But they're also, I just, we just think that they're, you know, we both have those in our top 10. Uh, oh, definitely. I'm just sort of saying like Tar for me, just like defines what the movie of the year should be. Like, I think it's the best movie. I think it's, it's a lot of ways, the most important movie. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think the Oscars does sort of try to reward what it sees as important movies. I think Nomadland um, and Moonlight are very much examples of that, that they tackle important subjects that I think sort of attributes them. I mean, Green Book, you could probably say in a similar sort of way, it addresses a big subject. And But the big difference is that Nomadland and Moonlight are truly great films. That and Green Book isn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, I think that with a film, I mean, for example, the year that 12 Years a Slave came out, I would have wanted Gravity to win more. Is it more important? No, but no. It, yeah, gra- Gravity did even better what it was trying to do than Twelve than Years of Slave. Yeah, I agree with that. Which I thought was a really, really strong film too. But I personally liked Gravity even more, and yeah. I I wouldn't vote for Twelve Years to, or rank it higher just because it's quote unquote more important or deals with more important subject matter. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, and everything everywhere all, all at once definitely does not deal with quote unquote important subject matter, but it's about pretty universal themes. It's sort of about like family and uh, love and, you know, immigration and generations and stuff like that. So I can see why a lot of people um, can relate to it and, you know, see themselves in some of the characters. And a, a lot of times that's what people sort of go to the movies to do is to um, apply stuff to their own lives. Let me um, quote uh, the film critic Guy Lodge. He said, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once isn't my jam personally, but I'm okay with a big Oscar win for a distinctive, unusual film and a legitimate phenomenon that actually means something to people as opposed to a purely manufactured campaign narrative like Coda last year. I think that's definitely fair. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think we've discussed Best Picture quite enough because in a lot of ways it is seem like it's almost a lock for a category. In some ways, I think this next category is a little more competitive, although everything everywhere is definitely the favorite. It is best director, 
where Martin McDonough is nominated for the Banshees of Inisherin, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Uh, I think they're going to go by the Daniels is sort of their trade name for everything everywhere. Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar. And what was, I think, a bit of a wild card that this movie was nominated for as many things as it was. Uh, it was the Palm Door winner at Cannes, uh, Ruben Oslund for Triangle of Sadness, which I still have not seen. Um, so who do you think will win and who do you think should win in this category? The Daniels will win. I would vote for Martin McDonough, but I would also be very happy for Todd Field to win. I mean, you could argue that Banshee should win Best Original Screenplay. And if you wanted to give it to different people, uh, I would vote for Todd Field for Tar, but I think I would pretty much vote for Banshees in almost every category it's nominated in. So I think I'm going to go on a bit of a ledge with my prediction here, and it it goes along with who I think should win. I think Steven Spielberg is going to win for the Fablemans. I think we're going to get like a sort of crowning Hollywood moment where the great American film director is given. Uh, would he won best director? I know for Schindler's List, has he won it any other times? David Private Ryan, it's almost in a oh, same Private Ryan. Blanchett will uh, she win her third one versus everything everywhere, you know? Yeah, yeah, basically. Right. It's uh, like, are we gonna crown these sort of like legacy, like you know, greatest director of his generation, Steven Spielberg, or are we gonna honor these sort of up and coming, really unique, some would say visionary directors the daniels and i don't know i feel like people are going to prove to be a little conservative in this and um you know i think movie people like the fablemans and i think people really respect steven spielberg so i think name recognition is going to be a big you know aid in in this campaign to win this and i think i think it's really going to happen because i just can't imagine everything everywhere winning like every category when it comes down to it, which it's it, it seems like it's predicted as favorites in a lot. But I think some fatigue may set in where people are like, are we just going to give this every award or are we going to give Steven Spielberg another best director for a late career? Like I would say masterpiece. I don't know if everyone else would, but um, I think that's going to happen. I, I would like to see Todd Field win for Tar also because I think that was brilliant. But I think he's also nominated for original screenplay so he has a chance of winning that too um no he doesn't have a chance (laughs) uh yeah i think that uh yeah i mean there i can't imagine it's going to be uh the daniels or spielberg i can't it would be a total shock if uh one of the other three won if ruben oslund were to win that would be like the shock of all shocks i'm really surprised he's even in it okay so best although we have sort of seen international directors nominated over the last decade or so well, two um, back to back, and uh, Parasite. Yeah. So, um, so moving on to Best Actor, um, do you want to read out the the nominees? Oh, okay. The nominees for Best Actor are all first time nominees. The last time that happened was Clark Gable, and it happened one night the year he won. Nineteen thirty four. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, this uh, for all first time nominees, Austin Butler for Elvis. Colin Farrell for Banshees, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, the only nomination the film got, Bill Nye for Living. It seems like a three-way race, honestly, uh, with Austin Butler in the odds right now to win, with Brendan Fraser second for The Whale, with most people thinking Colin Farrell doesn't really have too much of a chance to win, but it wouldn't be a total shock if he won. I would vote for Colin Farrell 
Um, I guess I'll go with the predictions and say that Austin Butler, one reason that I'm kind of wary of the whale winning is that a lot of people, you know, love Brendan Frazier. They love the performance. They love the narrative of the comeback, but the film was not nominated for best picture or best adapted screenplay. It only got two acting nominations and makeup. And I think a lot of people, there's a sizable percentage of people that don't like the film very much. And some people really hate the movie. Um, so I think that, you know, there's been plenty of times a film, uh, someone's won an, uh, for acting and that's the only nomination the film got. Uh, but Crazy I- Crazy Heart, right? Uh, no, there were, it was nominated for best. Oh, I guess it was probably like song too, or something yeah, like that. Gyllenhaal was nominated too. But, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, they're throwing that out there. Right. But no, but there's been plenty of times where, but I think that um, Austin Butler is like the hot thing. And I think that Elvis has people that don't like it, but there's a lot of people that really do like it. And, and yeah. really like the performance. And he is a big up and coming actor. He's going to be yeah. a doing sequel. Right. And there's been a number of times in the last decade where a young person is one actor, actress. You have Jennifer Lawrence and Brie Larson winning. Uh, you know, there's Eddie Redman. Right. Yeah. He's fairly young. So there's a lot of people that have won uh, that are young. Yeah. And, and they love biopics. I remember reading somewhere that there's, you know, it's been a long time since one of the four winners wasn't based on a real person. And, you know, if Austin doesn't win, uh, then it's, you know, likely they'll all be original uh, characters. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the- obviously, Paul Mescal and Bill Nighy are the people who are just sort of happy to be nominated. They really don't have any chance of winning. That would be an unbelievable shock if either one of them win. What's um, the type of thing if you're in the betting odds? Like, if you have $5 to spare, if you bet it, you would probably make like. You'd be that. like a millionaire. Yeah. Right. But it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. So what would um, you vote for, personally? I would definitely vote for Colin Farrell. I think he's got the most sort of nuanced, interesting. And it's one of those ones that, um, like the year Eddie Redmayne won it, and I think Elvis has a lot of this too. People really um, focus on the physical challenges of a role, and people really like having something you can compare to, to be like, oh, he did it so well. We know what Elvis is like, and this is Austin Butler's version of Elvis. So for Colin Farrell to create like an, a, it's not original because he didn't write it, but you know, he's the person who came up with the character um, to just deliver such a funny and tragic. And it's just, it's just such an incredible performance that I'd really like to see him win. And also he's an actor who has really like put in the work. He's been in Hollywood for a long time. I think in some parts of his career, he's been written off. I think in a lot of ways, it's just as big of a comeback story as Brendan Fraser, because um, it reminds you a bit of Matthew McConaughey, how he sort of had the McConaughey. And before that, he was sort of seen as a rom-com, like not a great actor, I think. In a lot of ways, Colin Farrell has sort of suffered from being regarded as such a good looking person that in some ways his acting wasn't taken seriously. I think that changed a lot in the past decade. I also think the difference is that Colin Farrell for like a good five plus years has really been doing interesting work, working with interesting directors. Since like the and, lobster, I, I would say is sort of. Yeah. And, yeah. and then it's like Brendan Fraser has like really done like virtually nothing for the last like five plus years. He was and in that he, Soderbergh movie about the, uh, the big car company and the, the heist. What was that called? 
I know, but it went straight to streaming and it was a very good film, but it's like wasn't really seen. No. Yeah. And and also it's like before that, he really honestly didn't did very little for like five years. It's true. And Colin and, Farrell was working the whole time, but and he uh, had like and he had uh like four or five films just last year alone. He had the Batman and after Yang and I know, I know. I'm just saying that I think he's one of our greatest actors, and I don't think he's really been seen as that for most of his career. So I think it would be a great achievement for him to actually get it for what I think is probably his best ever performance. Yeah, I think it's his career best performance, probably. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying what the Oscar voters would probably think. The narrative, yeah. yeah, Not that what I personally think, but yeah. Uh Uh, I mean, no, the whale definitely has the like the narrative, and uh, Brendan Fraser got all the magazine covers, and you know, did you ever see Brendan Fraser? No, I didn't. Um, I, it's, I'm sure it eventually, I eventually will, but um, yeah, it, the caveat is like, you know, every category I'll say like what I have not seen, you haven't seen, you know, like, so I mean, I'm not, you can I've say seen four of them. I haven't seen the whale. So. I know, but no pun intended. That's a big one to miss though. <laughs> it's true. It is. So, I mean, that is a caveat, but I, you know, I know the way the sort of winds are blowing and I know that Elvis is a heavy favorite for this and Austin Butler probably will win. Um, and it'll be one of those sort of like announcing of an up and comer um, next big star kind of thing, which he probably deserves. I mean, I haven't seen him in a lot of movies. Um, I think the first time I saw him was once upon a time in Hollywood briefly, but a pretty important role. And I think he was very good in that. Um, but he devoted like years of his life to this movie. So in a he, lot of ways, it would be, you know, rewarding for him to have put so much of his young career into playing Elvis and, and being rewarded for it. He's vocally like changed into Elvis. He can't stop talking like him. <laughs> uh, that's been the story that he's like finally starting to drop his Elvis voice. Um, but we can move on to best actress, which I think is. The, I think it's the biggest sort of like coin flip um, of any of the categories we'll talk about. And I think there really are only two people who have a chance to win. Um, but I think it's it's pretty head to head at this moment. I'm going to read the nominees. Yes. Are- Kate Blanchett, Tar, Ana de Armas, Blonde, Andrea Riseborough to Leslie. Those last two, the only nominations the film got. Michelle Williams for The Fablemans and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is in the odds right now to win, but Kate Blanchett is right up there at second. Uh, I'd be very surprised if any of the other three won. I mean, early on, Michelle Williams, they thought was a shoe-in to win, best supporting actress but they put her in lead i don't mm-hmm. understand why if paul dano had gotten nominated he would have absolutely been supporting actor why is he supporting and she lead that doesn't really make sense to me but anyway it's going to be michelle yo that's going to win uh i would vote for Kate blanchett uh personally i don't know the craziest thing that could happen is if andrea riseborough won because there was this outpouring of support for her i think a lot of people like really wanted her to get nominated but if there's so many people that voted for her to get nominated you would think that a number of them would also think she should win like that would be a really big shocker but I still think there's a lot of the overall Academy that has not even seen that movie. I think most people, unless they've heard of the sort of like hoopla around the nomination, the nomination would never have even heard of it. So uh, yeah. it would be surprising if it won. We might have like a split the vote scenario with Kate Blanchett and Michelle. Yeah. Um, happened before Barbara Streisand and Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Well, they tied, right. Was that like 67? Yeah. 
Lion yeah. in Winter and Funny Girl, I think maybe. Right. Um, and I mean, there've been like just a few years ago, there was like I think a sound category or something that that was split. Yeah. I mean, I would obviously like to see Kate Blanchett win. I mean, this would be her her third win. Um, yes. Blue Jasmine and The Aviator, so actress and supporting actress. So it would be very much like a um, put her in the category of Daniel Day Lewis and Catherine Hepburn and Meryl Streep and people like that if she were to win. Um, right. Michelle Yeoh definitely has the narrative because she's been a working actress for a long time. Has been in some big movies. Um, she was in a Bond movie. She was in Crouching Tiger um crazy rich asians a few years ago i think she would well, be the first ever asian winner uh technically uh merle Oberson or whatever oh, merle oberon yeah he was like not indian it, it, i think it's almost weird how it's like you know like with sexuality it's like she actually hid her race so i think a lot of people didn't know she was part uh, i think i don't know if she's fully asian or part asian yeah. but technically she uh I don't know. Did she win though? Like maybe it was just the nomination, but uh, I think it might have just been a nomination. Okay, but one thing that people are going, oh no, don't do this, is you know how a few years ago they had best actor last because they thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win, and, <laughs> and it was and, Anthony Hopkins, and then he wasn't even there, and I was like, good night, boom, and ends. They're <laughs> supposed the the thing is Halle Berry is going to be one of the announcers presenters and they think that obviously since will smith isn't going to show up how they usually have the opposite gender present they have lead actor you know so jessica chastain will probably present best uh actor they'll have halle berry in the prediction that the first black woman to win the oscar is going to present the first asian woman but then Kate blanchett could win i don't think it's not going to be massive oh my god how could they do this uh-huh they did have you saw the controversy that Mark Wahlberg presented yes best. for the SAG Awards, I think, and he had had some serious anti um East Asian remarks, I believe. Well, no, he had, like, like beat someone to like in like seriously in a racist attack, yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't know the full extent of that, obviously. And that was definitely yeah. tone deaf. We won't see anything like that, um, <laughs> at the yeah. Oscars, I don't think. Um, but I, I would be happy to see Michelle Yeoh win. I mean, I think she is really, really good in the movie. I think she's probably the best part of it. Um, and she gets to, you know, give a whole lot of physical sort of aspects to her performance with the fight scenes and stuff like that, but also as a real emotional payoff at the end and does some comedy too. So it is, it is a role that sort of asks everything for the actor and she really delivers in all aspects. And, um, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know how people, I think Tar, I think the one thing everyone who sees it will think like Kate Blanchett was great at, even if you don't necessarily like it or weren't on its wavelength the whole time. So I think most people who saw that would put her pretty high on their list for best actress. But and um, it's and it's a film nominated for best picture, best director, best screenplay, some technical awards. And if she doesn't win, it's not gonna win anything. Probably not, no. Oh. Um so the, yeah, this is sort of gonna be like is there some fatigue for everything everywhere? Are people going to like think to themselves, we can't vote for this in every category because um, I think it's pretty much a lock to win the next one we're going to talk about. Um, yeah. But I mean, the best supporting actor, it's, uh, it's Ki-Wong Kwan. How do you yeah. say that? Ki-Hei Kwan, I think. The nominees, you can rattle them off if you have the list. Uh, Brennan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, a movie that I did not see and I don't think many people did. Uh, came out on Apple TV Plus. Uh, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, which would 
I think be pretty close to the record for actor in the least amount of the movie to win an Oscar because he's in about a scene and a half. Uh, Barry Kogan for the Banshees of Inisherin, who I would like to win, and Kihei Kwan for everything, everywhere, all at once, who probably will. Not probably, he will win. <laughs> yeah, it's it, within like the the uh, best picture director acting screenplay categories. I think that's considered like the above the line categories. He is like I think by far like no like no one is predicting anyone else to win. No. Yeah. So it's not even really almost worth talking about. Yeah. Although, I, would, I would vote for Brendan Gleason, I think, but I would be totally happy to see he'd Barry. be the banshees that, that you'd see when Brendan Gleason. Yeah. He should have been they both should have been nominated for lead actor. That's a weird one where I don't understand how they're both not lead. I think uh, we see like, Colin Farrell with his sister more than we see Brendan Gleason with someone else. So I think he I think if we like went by the raw numbers, he would be in it more, I think. But not by a lot. I, I I do agree with you. I think this should have been like a um we've seen it a couple times. One I think Thelma of is um Louise. which one was Thelma and Louise. Oh Thelma and Louise. I think there was the movie with Lawrence Olivier and Michael Caine that I can't think of. Right. right. Sleuth, is that it maybe? Oh um, yeah. Well and also um the uh two from Network, one of which won, William Holden and uh Finch one. Yes. Um so it does happen, but I mean it got a lot of acting nominations, Banshees Finisher. And it seems like all the acting nominations are from everything everywhere. Or Banshees almost. Um I wouldn't begrudge any of the actors. Uh, did you see Causeway? No, I haven't. I feel a little bit racist because the only two acting nominations I didn't see are the two black people. Black Panther and Causeway. Yeah, I mean, I did see all the Asians uh in the <laughs> Irish too, because a lot of Irish with the, all the banshees. A fifth of the I mean Paul Mescal. Fourth in the Irish, uh, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm actively avoiding the two. The only two films I haven't seen with multiple nominations are the two comic book films, the Batman, the Black Panther. I think you might be able to see because you did see the original Black Panther, but there's been so much it. Marvel stuff. <laughs> you just don't want to. No, um, so for best supporting actress, neither of us have seen this movie, but it seems to be the favorite is Angela Bassett for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Well, we also have Hong Chow for The Whale, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Tzu, I think is how you pronounce it, for Everything Everywhere. Um, You were, you were going to say? I think that uh, Angela Bassett was the front runner for a while, but I've seen it go. I mean, there's really three people I would not at all be surprised if one, Angela Bassett, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Carrie Condon. And right now... You know, people are saying Carrie Condon might be the only thing that gets uh, the win for Banshees. So uh, she is extraordinary in the movie. Um, I, I would, would not really be in favor of Jamie Lee Curtis winning. I think that that's a I think that the sort of importance of that part has been exaggerated like crazy to see her actually get a nomination for it. Um, I was I really would... disappointed. I know we're not supposed to talk about stuff we wish had been nominated, but I, I was very disappointed. None of the actresses from Women Talking were nominated in this category. Um, but Let for my say, money, I'd like to see Carrie Condon win. Yeah, I would say I would not at all begrudge, and I would love to see Jamie Lee Curtis give a speech, but I wouldn't want her to win for this film. No, her first nomination, uh, ever, and both her parents never won Oscars. Totally Were they nominated Tony Curtis, Tony and Curtis Janet Lee. for the Defiant One, Janet Lee for Psycho, at least nominated once. Uh, I don't know if you she was nominated for Best Actress for Psycho. 
supporting actress. Oh, support. Oh, how about that? Anthony Perkins not nominated for Psycho, one of the greatest. Probably uh, like one of the great acting performances of all time, honestly. I know. But uh, yeah, I would vote for Carrie Condon. Uh, I, you don't not... think it's quite a sure thing for Angela Bassett? Well, right now in the Gold Derby odds for supporting actress, uh, uh, it's Angela Bassett 13, Jamie Lee Curtis 9, Carrie Condon 7. That's pretty, pretty tight. Yeah. So this so. might be the most competitive category we've we've mentioned so far. Right. And uh they often have the supporting categories really early. Like uh that might be the first one they do because it's really competitive, grab people early on. Yeah. Um so screenplay. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh so original screenplay, the nominees are um the same <laughs> as best director, it looks like, right? Uh, the Banshees of Inisherin for Martin McDonough, Everything Everywhere All at Once for the Daniels, um, The Fablemans for Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner, and Tar, uh, Todd Field and Triangle of Sadness, Ruben Oslin. I just realized that. Is this like the first time ever that all of the original screenplay nominees are the same as director? Probably um, not, but uh, I would definitely vote for Banshees. I think Everything Everywhere uh, has a good chance, but I think that Banshees might you know, I, I would hope it wins. Um, he has won previously screenplay for three billboards. Is, no, is that he, it? no, he won uh, for best short subject like almost 20 years ago, but has not won uh, a compet. Uh, he has not won a uh, really since then. How about that? I mean, probably one of the most distinguished writer directors up there with like Alexander Payne. Um, I have a hard time thinking of of many others who would sort of Paul be in Thomas that Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson yeah so this would be a really good one for him to win I know a lot of times the Academy Awards likes giving um, original screenplay to someone like uh, we saw Spike Lee win it for Black Klansman we saw Woody Allen win for Midnight in Paris so um, this could be one along those same sort of lines it's um, it, you know it's not like a pat on the back like good job it's not like the biggest one because it's not best director but um I think this would be a good one to honor him for original screenplay for. And, and um, like me, Tar and Everything Everywhere are such like directed films. You know, obviously the writing's a big part of it, but Banshees is such a great work of like writing. Yes. It, um, I mean, in some ways, it's more of like something that could be a theater piece than the other two are. Um, not to say also, that the movie isn't cinematic, but right. um, the writing is very important for it. Yeah, it, yeah. A, a screenplay is not just how good the dialogue is, but the dialogue is really damn good in that. Film. <laughs> yeah. so would you vote for Banshees out of the five? Yes, I definitely would, and I, uh, I'm leaning towards it probably will win because I just can't imagine everything everywhere is actually going to win. Well, it's split in the odds. Ten plus like, awards for Gold Derby, it's split right. They both have the same number of experts predicting it. Yeah. Uh, um, one thing I saw, you know, they have those anonymous Oscar ballots. If you're taking the category literally, what's the best original? What's the most original? It's not, you know, it's everything everywhere is really, really original. So they, that might sway it for that yeah. many. So it's original. definitely like quote unquote original, but in a lot of ways, it's sort of like multiverse thing. Like you could say it's a lot like um, the Doctor Strange movies or um, that animated TV show that's really popular um rick and morty so in a lot of ways it's i wouldn't say it's like derivative but you know a movie set in a small island uh, off ireland in the 20s to me is very original <laughs> um 
So adapted screenplay, we've got All Quiet on All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, Glass Onion, which I guess is technically adapted because it's a sequel, but I think that's sort of a weird. Yeah, um, it's like sort the, of role. the before sequels got nominated, where it's like, well, it's not really adapting; it's just a sequel. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Living, which is Kazuro Ishiguro, who's one of Britain's greatest novelists of the last 50 years. Um, Top Gun Maverick, which is like seven different writers, uh, and Women Talking, Sarah Polly. Um, I have no sort of sense of who's going to win this. What I mean, do you see what the odds say? I would like to see Glass Onion win this because I think it's a really well written movie and I think it deserves, I thought it deserved more nominations than it got, but. I'd be really happy to see Top Gun Maverick win as well because I feel like I would like to see that win a couple awards. Um, uh, 25 of the 29 predict on Gold Derby that Sarah Polly will win. I think partially it might be because she no woman was nominated she, and she would have been the front runner to be nominated. And she wasn't for director, yeah. And so, yeah, I, they have All Quiet for four, which I before we got on mic, I was ranting about how much I truly despise All Quiet. <laughs> Like to me, a horrible adaptation of the novel. If you want to take the category literally, like what's the best adapted screenplay? It's a horrible adaptation. <laughs> it's like worst adaptation. I know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, of the, f- I've seen all the, and, and some people are going, oh, why would Top Gun Maverick? Well, it's not just dialogue. Like it's a really well done story. Yeah. It's like a, it's a simple story, but in a lot of ways, the simple ones are effective. And in terms of being adapted, like it, more than any of the others improves on what it's sort of adapting. If you want to call Top Gun what it's adapting, like there's no yeah. doubt it makes a massive jump from its source material. I think, um, I, would, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to do it just because, oh, I like Sarah Polly so much, but I think I probably would vote for Sarah Polly because she did, it's a really well written film, this great character development. And I just, I really like to see her win. That's part of it. Yeah. But, I think I'm probably on the same page too that now that I think about it a little more. Women Talking, I thought, was a movie that dealt with some pretty pretty heavy subject matter in a very intelligent way. And, um, you know, it was really well acted, but actors ultimately have to work from a screenplay. And if, you know, the screenplay is shit, then the acting can be as good as, it, you know, as good as possible and it still won't be effective. Um, so, yeah, I think Women Talking, you say, is probably going to win. I think we both would really like to see it. Um, we could close on Best Animated and Best International. I've seen very few of these um so i can go over the nominations and you can give me your thoughts but i don't really have much to say um best animated feature film uh guillermo del toro's pinocchio marcel the shell with shoes on puss in boots the last wish the sea beast and turning red i think you at least saw two of them i know i know you saw uh, pinocchio and puss in boots um it feels like pinocchio is probably gonna win right I, yeah, Pinocchio is by far, like only uh, all but one of them are experts on Gold Derby or predicting it. I think it. Uh, I've not seen the Sea Beast, but all of 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 the four I have seen, I would vote certainly for Pinocchio, which is so original and beautiful. And the Academy loves Del Toro. Um, yeah, best animated. Um, and best international feature film, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which surely is the favorite based on the nominations it's gotten in the other categories. Uh, Argentina, 1985, Close from Belgium, EO from Poland, which I've heard great things about and I know is now streaming on the Criterion channel, but I have not yet seen it. And The Quiet Girl from Ireland, which is uh, among the nominees that I haven't seen, the one I'm definitely the most interested in seeing. Um, 
you might be like, oh, Ireland, international film. I thought it was supposed to be foreign language. It is in Irish, so it's it's not actually in English. So it qualifies as international, not American, but also uh, foreign language because it is not in English. Um, how many of these have you seen? I am going to see The Quiet Girl a few hours before the Academy Awards, so I will <laughs> see four of them. Uh, by t- I have not seen Argentina in 1985. Um uh, I really like Close is a devastating film. It's more it, it's more brutal than the sadness and terrifier too and all quite on the Western front. Not that it's really graphically violent at all, but it's just an emotionally devastating film. Don't read anything about it going into it, but very powerful movie. I think an important film about masculinity and uh, relationships and how people relate to each other in the modern world. Uh, and it's yeah, I don't know what I would vote for. I I I will abstain since I at this time of recording I've only seen three of them. I would say the best foreign language film I saw last year was The Sadness. That yeah. I, there was no way that was gonna get nominated for anything. Uh I guess it would Benediction technically be an international film because See, I don't know where British films really count on that. Because that's the sort of why Golden Globes includes foreign language is their category title. It's like Triangle of Sadness was not nominated because most of the film, not all of it, but it's in English. Yeah, but it has some subtitles, but it's like, but it's a foreign director. It's definitely not an American movie. Yeah. I mean, it has Woody Harrelson in it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I. I, Yeah, I I mean, like Burt Lancaster's in the Leffert, though. Yeah, All Quiet's going to win. I mean, it's would like, yeah, okay. And then Best Documentary, we can just uh, rattle off uh real quick all that breathes all the beauty and the bloodshed fire of love a house made of splinters and navalny are the nominees in that category i've heard really good things about all that breathes but i have not actually seen any of the documentaries i've Uh, seen all the beauty and the bloodshed which is a very good film but uh they the predictions are that navalny is going to win because it deals with russia and that it's well, it's a very, you know, well-respected, well-reviewed film, but also because of the subject matter, people think that it will be a vote for, you know, trying to show their support for, you know, the effort that you know, against uh, Putin's Russia. Right. Um, um, but yeah. So yeah, I think we both agree everything everywhere will probably end up being the movie with the most wins. Um, Your director actress probably supporting actors certainly and then uh, maybe some of the technical awards um like editing and stuff like that Costume. throw out a crazy what you not necessarily think would happen but would make you very happy if it won like best picture or no, just exactly. anything um i would be really happy if spielberg won best director that would that would make me be like yeah i like the oscars <laughs> like the oscars are good um if the daniels win that would make me pretty sad um, I, I would, even though I personally didn't like everything everywhere, and you liked it more than I did. I did. I would, I would not at all be sad if they won. I would. That would. I would be really. I, it would only make me sad because I know that they're going to win everything else, and it's like, do you really need another one? Would Spielberg made like this great movie about his parents that I think deserves to be rewarded? Even uh, one of them tweeted today saying that he hopes that the love is spread around, and he t- told his fans like, you know, don't be trolls on the internet if we don't. Like- <laughs> category you know uh, there's literally no way they can win all the awards because there's two supporting actress nominees you know so it's true but it could end up winning most it's nominated for but anyway that is our brief oscars preview um we're gonna upload this day of so um give you a short preview to listen to in case you want to be a little more informed for the oscars 
Um, But thank you for listening and we will be back with you guys next time.